As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Man, did this dude just did this? With the 20th pick in the 2016 NBA Draft, the Indiana Pacers select Karis LeVert from the University of Michigan. The problem is you don't want to mess with a bat because, as you may know, they can be ratted. So there goes our test after somebody in the stands. And he is going after a fan, and he is waylaying a fan, and this thing is now getting ugly. Got them all? Justin Holliday has come in all three. Do we have them all? He did first time in NBA history. that three brothers on the floor at the same time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod podcast. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NBA is in full swing and college basketball heats up as the schools make their way towards madness. The tournament is coming and so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest as BetOnline is the spot to be for all your bracketology needs. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. In partnership with eBay, Armchair Media will be raffling off four custom-made sneakers. Each purchase you make before March 31st through ebay.com sneakers will enter you into a drawing for a free one pair of Air Force One low tops. Just send a screenshot of your purchase to at Armchair Media on Twitter or Instagram. Whether rare or dead stock, the latest release, everything you're looking for is on eBay. And they have the authenticity guarantee your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators it's free to sell sneakers on ebay that are over 100 dollars. don't miss out on this amazing opportunity get over to ebay.com sneakers today welcome back to another episode of the born ready the pod podcast tonight's a very special edition episode where we're going to hit you over the next hour jake white aka mgj <clears throat> has hit the trade machine nonstop for the past week. He's been throwing in players, picks, trade exceptions, everything you can think of into this trade machine. And tonight he debuts on the podcast for the very first time as MG trade. MGJ, are you ready for this? I am. It's been, it's been a pretty, if you got my last message, it's been a pretty unfortunate uh, couple of hours here. Um, I, I have this whole beautiful sheet um, that ended up being left at the school. Luckily I took a lot of pictures of these trades. Um, I'd love to be able to dissect these. Um, and I think it's just important as I'm going through these trades and 
um, just kind of understanding that um, we're never we're never going to be happy with uh, if you're going to trade Turner as a bonus because you're just or or even um, or Brogdon because the, the fact of the matter is they just don't have the trade value that we think they do. No one wants sinners. Um, they just don't. And uh, so some of these deals I'm trying to swing. I'm trying to do all kinds of crazy stuff. And um, at the end of the day, I, I just think that we got to keep this into perspective that we probably think our guys are better than other teams do. I mean, we're a team that is below 500 in the East. I think we're the team suited this very moment. So we're not very good. So if you think that I have us getting a bunch of studs, you'd be, you'd be very wrong. I do want to get your comment on the skills challenge because you seem to be a, you know, Debbie Downer about that. So what gives? Oh, no, I, no, I'm not a Debbie Downer. I mean, good for some bonus. Um, I, I don't care. I mean, give me a playoff win. Um, I would trade the skills challenge for, uh, a free throw attempt. I trade it for a jump ball possession arrow whenever I wanted it, a coach's challenge. Um, I trade it for an extra five minute warm up before a playoff game. Um, I would trade it for just about anything. Cause it really means nothing. I don't really care. I don't really remember this helping Fred Jones too much when he won the dunk contest. So, um, I guess I'm just in the, I am in the Debbie Downer mood and uh, with this team, I know, I, I guess the cool thing to do is just say, oh, we suck and let's just sit here and not do anything and let's just not complain. But I'm just not going to do it. I want to win. Quickest path to a championship, figure it out. Um, and I think part of the problem is the fans are just like, okay with this. And it's just, it shouldn't happen. So, Hawk, do you have any words to chime in before he takes the floor? Yeah, it just is a lifelong Cubs fan that's just was addicted to losing for like a hundred plus years. I mean, the path it's it's possible, you know. So we can still enjoy the team. We can still be happy when we have some sort of success. It doesn't have to be all about the playoffs. And saying that, I don't even mean it. It's all about the playoffs. You're right. Yeah. I'm just trying to be optimistic. So I got really nothing here at all. I'm happy he won it. It was a uh, him and Vucevic at the end, you can tell Luka Doncic just didn't even try. Like, why even agree to it if you're just not even going to try? Like, it's for the fans. You're one of the best. It's That's just one of those things that gets on my nerves. Like, if you're going to agree to the challenge, at least try. You're going up and down the court three times, for Christ's sake, you know? Well, there was no reason that Chris Paul should have lost to Vucevic. I mean, no. No reason at all. And he was one that was – he actually tried, which he had to – he missed that layup, which sucks, but – Whatever. All right. Well, let's let's go into the trades. Okay, I have these kind of broken up into into different uh, different categories here. Um, some of them. First off, before you, you go in, how many are there? Um, there's not as many as you would think. I try to keep them realistic. I, I of course, you know me. I think I had a couple, four, five, six teamers. Um, I'm wheeling and dealing, uh, but. I'm going to keep them simple. There's a couple I really like. There's a couple different ways to look at it. I want your honest opinion on these. I'm not saying I would do all of these. These are just some things that I found interesting. Um, First trade I found interesting. Now, this is with the mindset you're going to trade Miles Turner. And part of it is you're getting out of the the last couple of years of paying Miles Turner $18 million a year. So 
Um, that in and of itself, we hear $18 million. And uh, I, I listened to the last podcast, listened to the whole thing. You guys know I listened to it, but we, we say Pritchard's good at all these deals. But I mean, Miles Turner's not an $18 million player in the NBA. He's just not. Um, so getting out of that would be, a, would be ideal for us. So the first deal, and I actually think W had this deal. Somebody had this deal online. I had it written down before, but Marvin Bagley um, and uh, in Belka. Um, so we would send Miles Turner to the Kings and we would receive Marvin Bagley the third and whatever his first name is in Belka. What do we think? Why would the Kings do that? Why would the Kings do that? The Kings would do that because they're tired of Marvin Bagley. Um, if you take a look at their roster, I think for them, uh, for the most part, they don't have a center that can stretch the floor. They're stuck with the albatross of, of Hassan Whiteside, who is just doing, he's really doing absolutely nothing. You already have Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, um, De'Aaron Fox, and I'll, I'll be honest with you that Tyrese Halliburton can really play. So um, what you have is a bunch of guys that can create off of the dribble. Obviously, Buddy Heald's becoming better at that. Um, but what you want to do more than anything on a team like this is you don't want to clog it up for De'Aaron Fox and or Tyrese Halliburton. And there's a reason Whiteside's not playing. They want a guy that can space it out. Bagley still has some trade value. Um, honestly, uh, Balika is just a one-year deal who's expiring, who could stretch the floor a little bit for us. So to me, it's a, it's a guy that you could pair with Sabonis, a guy with a lot of upside, obviously well thought of coming out, and another big guy that can space the floor. Yeah, as a Duke fan, I never was fully invested in Bagley. I just didn't know if he had the jumper. But with the potential there, that's not a bad deal at all. And like you said, the Belichia or whatever the hell you say his last name, that's that's someone that can shoot and, and give you a little something off the bench. So that would be nice. Not the worst trade. I'd like to hear the other ones before I, I crown this one the, the best so far. But Marvin Bagley is enticing, and he's a name. You know, and we, we've hit on guys like that in the past that, were underdeveloped, not underdeveloped, underutilized maybe, Sabonis being the prime example. So that could work. I'm not against that one at all. Chris, what do you think about that? I'd do it. I think I'm just warning you. I don't think there's as many trades as you guys think, so I I would probably dig into them a little bit. I think for me, the Marvin Bagley thing, and this this is really stupid, but I think it as a basketball coach is something you think about. The only thing I don't like about him is he's left-handed, and him being left-handed with Sabonis being left-handed, I don't love it. But at the same time, you're kind of at the mercy of um, you're kind of at the mercy of just needing to get younger and to get, get more athletic and. I know everyone's like, oh, yeah, Turner's this, Turner, Turner's athletic for a big – well, he's athletic for a big guy, but W said on the podcast when you guys had him, he has terrible feet. He's clod hopping around. I mean, he's he's athletic for a big guy, but he's not athletic in the NBA, if that makes sense. So that's kind of why I think I would take a, take a risk on that one. Yeah, he's athletic enough to be exceptional at defense, but other than that, like he just looks like – like W said, like a, a gazelle or a deer out there lost sometimes. Let's move on to the next deal. Yeah, and I, and I, and I do think, and I think for a team like Sacramento, I mean, it it could it could work. I mean, it really it really could work trying to get Turner, and uh, I just think it's it's interesting moving forward. Okay, um, I'm going to stick with Miles Turner here. 
and Turner's moving in a lot of my deals because I just think he's the most likely person to get dealt. I, I, I don't know if we would move a guy like Karis LeVert. TJ Warren's on a pretty team-friendly deal. I think it'd be hard to move Lamb. Uh, so there's not a lot of big trade pieces we could have. But I'm going to stick with Turner on this deal. This is a, uh, this is a build for the future deal. Um, this is just getting a first-round pick. Um, but we would trade Miles Turner to the Oklahoma city thunder and we would be receiving Trevor Ariza who's on the last year of his deal. So another wing defender who's been there three and D guy. Um, and we would also be receiving a first round pick that would be uh, lottery protected this year, top eight protected, protected next year and so on and so forth until it'd be unprotected in 2025. So you're basically trading Turner, getting rid of the contract, you're getting Trevor Ariza, who's a 3 and D guy, who's a proven winner, um, a guy that I think we could actually use in our rotation, and you're getting a first-round pick for probably more than likely at least one year away, probably two. Yeah, I mean, Trevor Ariza is one of those guys I feel like that can fit on any team. And like you said, giving up that cap room and that, that future pick, I like this one better than the Kings deal, honestly. But as we said before, the guy drafting sucks at drafting, so I don't know how – much we factor that in, but that's a good, like short fix. I feel like that, that could really pay off in the end. Um, I would yeah. only do this deal. If you're committed to rebuilding, I wouldn't do it if you're not rebuilding. Yeah. And that's where I'm at. I think I'd rather just have Marvin Bagley, a proven commodity. And I do want, and I, you know, I, you guys know that I brought this up in our group chat. I, I definitely want to talk about Pritchard later. So hockey kind of gave it away a little bit, but Pritchard might be the worst guy at drafting in the NBA. Um, it, I mean, it really, is. I mean, like I'm not, that's not hyperbolic. That's uh, not speaking in hyperbole. I mean, this guy is terrible. I mean, when Greg Oden potentially could be his best draft pick ever, and he is considered a top 10 bust, even though I think I don't like it because of the injuries. But if you look up top 10 busts in NBA history, Greg Oden is on the list and he could be Kevin Pritchard's best draft pick ever, but I don't want to give everything away for later. Okay. Moving on. Are we ready to move on? I guess I should say. Yeah, I'm thinking I was just running through top bus. Anthony Bennett comes to mind. The guy that got drafted ahead of Michael Jordan. Those are the two that come to mind. But Greg Oden's definitely on that list. Kwame oh, Brown. Yeah, I mean, Kwame Brown. Greg Oden has to be on that list. Markel Fultz over Jason Tatum and uh, all those guys. That was pretty bad. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, there's a there's DeAndre there's, DeAndre Ayton isn't a bust, but picking him over Luca was pretty damn bad. Yeah, and Trey, yeah. Um, okay. Um, here's one deal I thought was pretty pretty sweet, and uh, I've been in, kind of imputing and putting these as I've been as I've been moving through for whatever reason. Uh, Sabonis is currently not on the roster to trade in the NBA trade machine, so it's kind of bullshit, but. The deal was as follows. We are trading Sabonis to the Grizzlies, okay? Trading yeah. Sabonis to the Grizzlies. And in return, we would be receiving – this is this is a guy that I really like here. Jaron Jackson Jr., obviously coming off an injury, but shows a ton of potential. I really like Jaron Jackson. We would also be receiving Brandon Clark, who should be a pacer at this very moment, um, and Dylan Brooks. We would also, I sorry, it also I was using another trade machine, not on the ESPN, and we would also be projected to get a first round pick that is protected. Pretty much, we wouldn't get it until twenty twenty five. So first round pick twenty twenty five, basically 
Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, and Dylan Brooks for Sabonis, and then it would be uh, Keelan Martin as well in order to make the salaries go. Would the Grizzlies give that much up for Sabonis? Uh, that's, you know, that's kind of what I was thinking on that one. It's really hard to find a home for Sabonis. Um, cause if, I mean, the listeners are listening to this and they're probably saying, why would we trade Sabonis? Trade Sabonis because I've already said it 400 times. You don't want the centers in the NBA. I'm not going to go over it. But with that being said, I mean, you are not probably going to be able to trade Sabonis for a stud wing guy. I don't know. I, I, I don't know very many teams that want to trade a stud wing for a center. And so getting Jaron Jackson Jr., who, who is a four, but he can function as a three, you're taking a chance because he's coming off a huge injury, taking a chance on Brandon Clark, who looks good. And then Dylan Brooks is an undersized three, but he's the type of guy that we could really make work. And he is another wing player who's kind of a bulldog on defense, and he can really shoot it. Um, for the Grizzlies, you're getting John Morant, a pretty good pick-and-pop player. Um, that's something he does not have at this moment. You would have a starting five uh, where I don't like it is you have Valanchunas in there too, but they're talking about moving him. I think a good starting five for them would be Ja Morant. You, so you'd have Ja Morant, you'd have Justice Winslow, you'd have Kyle Anderson, you could have Sabonis and Valanchunas and then probably move Valanchunas for other things later. They have been starting um, guys like Tyus Jones alongside John Morant and um, what's his name, Allen, uh, Grayson Allen as well. So I think it's just pretty much getting the Grizzlies a better number two option for John Morant, a guy that can pick and pop. So bonus has improved that game. And for the Pacers, I think it's pretty obvious. You're, you're taking a shot on Jaron Jackson, uh, a local boy and um, just getting a little more athletic and younger. Probably not my favorite deal, but it's a deal that I think makes us better, unfortunately. Yeah, I think think, Triple J, I've always loved his game ever since Michigan State, Indiana boy, like you said. I think he's got a bright future in the league, and I don't know if you could do this deal if he was two years later in his progression. Maybe now is the perfect time, like you said, coming off the injury. But – you know, I think we're all in agreement we'd rather trade Turner. Even though he's good at defense and whatnot, I think Sabonis, the triple doubles, his ability to pass, fine guys, obviously the rebounds, which if we remember before Sabonis came, rebounding was like our biggest problem for years and years, it seemed like. And ever since Sabonis, it's not been as big of an issue, I feel like. So that's something you're going to lose too. But, I mean, if you're looking to make changes like we are, I would put this one as my second favorite deal. And that's just because I'm high on triple J. And I think Dylan Brooks can really be a good player as well. Just maybe off the bench. I mean, to me, he's almost like a better McDermott, I feel like, but you know, McDermott obviously is a little taller and plays a little different game, but that's how I feel. Okay. I like that. I like, I like everything you said there. I think, uh, like you said, Triple J, he's got, he just, if you've actually, if you actually watch him, he's just got a ton of potential. Yeah. And he can shoot just, a little bit. Yeah. And he just, it, like, he is just, he's the type of guy that you watch and you just say, man, you see it. He can figure it out and he can defend and he can do a lot of things that not too many guys in the NBA can't do. And it, he's just really impressive. And I know he hasn't been uh, doing a lot this year or late last year because of the injury, but it's, it's a guy you take a chance on. Okay. 
So here's the deal. Um, I don't love this one. This is pretty much, we suck. This is a straight salary dump. Um, but you guys tell me what you think. This is a three-team deal uh, between the Pacers, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Dallas Mavericks. Okay. Um, the Pacers would be trading a bulk of players here. We'd be trading Miles Turner. We would trade Doug McDermott. We would trade Aaron Holiday and Goga Patatse. Okay. Yes. So, so um, again, this is a we're not winning deal. Okay. Um, in return, we would receive two for two first round picks, both heavily protected. One from the Cleveland, sorry, one yeah, one from the Cleveland Cavaliers, and then one from the Dallas. Or sorry, yeah, one from the Dallas Mavericks and one from Cleveland. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and we would it. also we would also receive the corpse of Andre Drummond, <laughs> the best okay. rebounder of all time. Yes, best rebounder of all time. The corpse, which you know, not resigning him. He's an albatross in the middle. Yeah, but he's still that's thirty million coming off the books next year. And then we would we would also receive Chetty Osmond, which not bad, not a bad player at all. That's a deal yeah. you a hundred percent are rebuilding around. If that that was the move, yes, so, but. And those yes, picks aren't guaranteed, like you said, but that $30 million with a small market is still keeping the most of our core together. I mean, it's it's a bold move, and I don't think they're going to do that one more than likely, but, yeah, that would be the rebuild one for sure. Um, uh, just before Chris comments on this, Cleveland, you're wondering, okay, Cleveland's – so Cleveland would be moving Drummond, Chetty Osman, and a first-round pick. They would be receiving Kristaps Porzingis and Goga in that deal as well so they're getting porzingis so they're dropping drummond chetty which they're trying to do anyway for anything chetty and so they're basically trading chetty in a first round pick because they're they're willing to move Drummond for anything for porzingis and goga yeah all i do all i hear in this trade is i have to watch drummond and sabonis play minutes together and i'm not about that so i'm out mark well i'm out yeah, you can. Yeah, and I get that. And you would probably watch them, but we're already playing two centers. Um, and this is, I've, I've already stated, this is a straight like we are rebuilding because we're not re signing Drummond. We're getting the 30 million off the cap. We're basically getting Chetty Osman, who's a pretty does solid he have a player. player option. Who? Drummond. Uh, I honestly couldn't tell you on this ESPN thing, it's not giving me the option. To have it to see the yeah, player you option. Watch out on those because sometimes they have a player option that doesn't show up on there. So I wouldn't be Three. shocked if Drummond had another year. Okay. Well, he, even if he has another year, that's, I mean, we get two that's first round picks in Chetty. It is. It is. Um, honestly, I think I thought it showed you on ESPN. I thought there was a little mark and I don't see one, but I could be wrong. The Dallas Mavericks, who they are looking to trade Kristaps Porzingis. They would be receiving Miles Turner, Doug McDermott, Aaron Holiday in a second round pick. For I think it's smart that the Mavericks want to move Porzingis is my first question. Do you Let's think say he, that again? Do you think it's smart that they want to move him? I, I know he's well, had the injury history. Yeah. Here's what scares me. What scares me is they ink him into this big deal and all of a sudden his name starts floating out in rumors, kind of like what happened with New York Knicks, to be dead honest with you. Um and it just kind of popped up because apparently his circle causes a lot of problems. And it must be really bad if 
Mark Cuban's not dealing with it because he's like the best owner in terms of players mm-hmm. and uh, managing players and their expectations and, and the, you know, the posse they have around them. And so if this is real, I, I mean, Chris stops, you're moving Chris stops, you're getting Turner who is cheaper. He's a hometown kid. You're getting holiday who maybe they can figure out a way to make this kid work. And then McDermott's a, a three point shooter. That's a quick way to maybe reset a dead roster and, and maybe could compete for the playoffs with Luca. I mean, Luca does, you don't want to have an albatross in the middle with Luca. And you know, Miles's game is on the outside. You get, you get him another shooter in McDermott and Holiday's probably a playmaker off the bench. I'd rather have Jalen Brunson than Aaron Holiday, but it is what it is. Maybe, maybe Holiday could play the two because it's not like the Mavericks have a very good bench. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah, I don't hate that, but okay. for the Pacers, I kind of do, but for the Mavericks, yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah, this is one of those deals, and that's what I said. I mean, um, this is one of those deals where I really, really, really um, – I wouldn't do it unless I said I was going to rebuild. And to be honest, I don't think this is a deal the Pacers would make simply because Pritchard's going to be the one that has to pull the trigger on this deal. And Pritchard's one of the last guys in the NBA I want with the first-round pick. So is what it is. It's pretty much admitting you've been wrong. So. Um, I have also, before I get to this, do you know how hard it is to find a team that needs a point guard? There, there are like no real teams that need a point guard in the NBA. Just, just keep thinking. Can you guys think of a team in the NBA that needs a point guard? I was thinking the magic maybe, but they got Cole Anthony. So no, the The Clippers. Yeah. I, I, the Clippers was one, but if you look at the Clippers, who are they moving? And I mean, Kawhi and Paul George the, pretty much the, bring it down. The, the Knicks definitely do. The, the Knicks do. Um, that was one team that I had marked, yes. Anybody else you can think of? Who's the Heat point guard? The Pistons definitely need one. Pistons definitely need a point guard, yes. The Knicks is Elfried Payton. Well, Derrick Rose. Well, yeah, Derrick Rose. Now I forgot about him. But I mean, I mean, it is what it is. Utah doesn't need one. San Antonio doesn't need one. Sacramento doesn't need one. Portland, no. Phoenix, no. Oklahoma City with Shea. I mean, New Orleans does not need one. Minnesota, I would say yes, but that was me. Memphis, obviously not. The Lakers have LeBron. Clippers can't really do much. Houston, John Wall. Golden State has Steph Curry. Denver, Jamal Murray. Dallas has Luka. Washington has Shout out Jamal Murray, baby. Shout out Jamal Murray. Yeah, love it. Okay, uh, the I mean, it basically no one needs a point guard, and the whole and the whole issue that you got is we have a point guard that doesn't really make a lot of other teams better, and so finding a deal for Malcolm Brogdon, I didn't even I didn't even do one because I just think that we would piss everybody off. So I have one more deal I want to go over. Um, I sent this to you guys. Uh, it's a four team deal, um, and it's. It's, oh boy. it's it's juicy. I've sent it to you. I've sent it to you. Okay. So the Pacers would be moving this. They would be moving Miles Turner, Aaron Holiday, Jalen Lequeu, um, Dougie McDermott, and Goga. I I don't I any of those guys can go. I think McDermott's probably the best one. Mm-hmm. We would also be moving a first round pick. Which who gives a flying fuck? Because yeah, guess what? We saw nobody. In return for all of those guys, we would receive Kristaps Porzingis, 
Jonathan Isaac and Cole Anthony. Yeah. Okay. Just from our perspective, I'll walk through the others and tell you why I think they would do this. But Chris stops, Jonathan Isaac, who's obviously injured, and Cole Anthony. Four, Miles Turner, Aaron Holiday, Jalen Lekier, Doug McDermott, and Goga. And a first-round pick. Yeah, taking all else out, like we just talked about, Chris Stops, I'd do that in a freaking heartbeat. And the future yeah. first-round pick is going to be like Bro Bob Ditadze or something. Like it's yes, going to be another exactly. shitty guy. <laughs> exactly. Um, Cook, what do you think about that? In a nutshell, if you were the Pacers, would you do that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Here's why the other teams would do this as well. Okay. okay. So Dallas, Dallas. Only thing Dallas is giving up is Kristaps Porzingis. Okay. They would receive Miles Turner, hometown kit, space the floor, Taurine Prince, a wing that's under contract, a manageable contract for the next year and a half, and Jalen Lehir, as well as a second round pick. Getting out of the Kristaps Porzingis contract, getting the posse out the door, you get Miles Turner, Taurine Prince, Jalen Lehir. In the second round pick, would you do that if you were Dallas? If they're really that fed up with Kristaps, it's something you consider. I think seriously, it just depends on their other offers. I think they'd probably get a better offer, maybe, but yes, I think they would. You, I think that they would consider it, Chris. What? What do you? Th- what would you think Dallas would consider that deal? If they were drunk, they might. Why? So you think? Chris stops at 30 million over the next four years. If they, it's really as bad as they think you get Turner and you get touring Prince. I wanted to get touring Prince to the Pacers in this deal. Cause I think he's actually a very good player, a very serviceable player. He's under contract. And then, yeah, I mean, I think it's a solid deal for the Dallas Mavericks. Honestly, when you say it like that, I agree. Okay. So the Cleveland, the Cleveland Cavaliers, Okay, this is I think they would do this in a second because they are going to move. They they are getting Evan Fournier, Doug McDermott, Goga Badatze. I think his name is Kahim Burke, maybe Kahim Burke and Kim Birch. Okay, cool. I'm trying to zoom in. It's very hard in a second round pick. And they are basically they give up. Kevin Love, they get out of the $31.3 million contract, but they also have to move Torian Prince and Dylan Windler. So you get Fournier, McDermott, Kim Birch, Goga, second round pick. You can decide if you want to keep any of those guys. They are shooters that can space the floor, veteran leaders, and they all have expiring deals except Goga, obviously, and you get a second-round pick. You're pretty much giving up Toreen Prince, but you are getting out of the Kevin Love deal, which is $31.3 million over the next three years. That's gross. Thoughts? That's terrible. I can't even remember the last game I actually watched where Kevin Love played, I feel like. (laughs) He never plays, man. So, thoughts on that? Just by getting out of Kevin Love and Kevin Love never playing, they're going to say yes. Yeah. Some idiots. Oh, 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 I'm very sorry. They are giving up. I believe they are giving up an L.A. Laker first round pick in that as well to the Orlando Magic, which is worthless. 
which is worthless. Okay. So yeah. you think that the Cleveland Cavaliers would say yes? Yes. Okay. okay. Now this is this Orlando. Okay. Uh, these fucking Orlando Magic guys are going to be pissed at me. Okay. This is the one where I think they might say no. The Orlando Magic have to trade Jonathan Isaac and Cole Anthony. Okay. But in return, they get Kevin Love. Okay. So they have the money. Okay. To pay Kevin Love. What superstar is going to go there and sign? They have, they are the only team that had cap room in this. They save cap money down the road by doing this trade. Okay. Because you could stretch Kevin Love if you wanted to waive him or you see if he's healthy and you could very easily pair him with Vucevic. That's rebounding two guys that can shoot the three, two very high IQ players. You get Aaron Holiday, who would serve as the Cole Anthony role of the guy that's going to play in the second unit. Still a ton of potential, only $2.3 million over two years. Shouldn't say a ton of potential, but potential. Dylan Windler, who is, if you watch any of the G League games, he's a guy I wanted on the Pacers. He's a, a not very great defensively, but he is a scorer. You get the Pacers first round pick, you get a Cavs second round pick, and a LA Lakers first round pick. So you get three picks, Kevin Love, Aaron Holiday, Dylan Windler. You're giving up Jonathan Isaac and Cole Anthony. I don't think that's terrible. I don't think that's terrible, but I, I would be interested to see if they're that willing to get rid of Anthony. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You, Yeah, and, and I think that Jonathan Isaac, because – when we trade for Jonathan Isaac there, we're going to have to pay him. Yeah. Like we're going to use money to pay him. And Cole Anthony is basically who we receive because we're, we're paying Chris stops. We're going to have to pay Jonathan Isaac. So we get Cole Anthony as kind of our savior there. We probably look to maybe move Brogdon in a separate deal to make it all work. But our starting five would be, pretty dang good with Sabonis, Porzingis. Uh, you got TJ Warren, Karis LeVert, Malcolm Brogdon with eventually a healthy Jonathan Isaac, Cole Anthony. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty nice lineup you make there. Yeah, good balance. Still pretty young, too. I don't, I don't hate that one at all. Yeah, so that that's a 14 deal that I think makes a lot of sense for each team. Although I think the magic would be the one that maybe held it up. I think you guys think Dallas maybe, but I would say it would be Orlando. Yeah. I, I think Orlando just because of Cole Anthony, I don't know how willing they are to, to end that experiment. Now, let me ask you this then. What if we said we don't get Cole Anthony, but we get Dylan Windler. So now the magic get Kevin Love, Aaron, Aaron Holiday. But they only and they get a second or yeah, sorry, two first round picks. They only have to give up Jonathan Isaac. I think they do that a million times over. Okay. So now we would get Porzingis, Isaac, and Dylan Windler, and we trade Turner, Holiday, Lekir, Doug McDermott, and Goga, as well as a first round pick. Yeah, find the pretty even. Do the physicals. What'd you say? Sign the paperwork. Do the physicals. Yeah, that seems, that seems okay. good to me. Okay, so we're all we're all in the same boat here. Okay, so those are my trades. Um, I really wanted to work in a Malcolm Brogdon trade. I I don't think he has very much value. I really don't. He's a 
he's taking a fat, he's got a fat contract. I mean, he's making 20 million and that's kind of what bothers me. He's making 20 million over the next three years. And there's really not a team in the NBA that really desperately needs a guy like that. Um, you know, Detroit would take him. Sure. Um, I don't even Charlotte wouldn't, they got LaMelo maybe New York, but he loves Derrick Rose and Derrick Rose has been playing well. Um, maybe Minnesota, but they have such a crap salary cap situation. And D'Angelo Russell really plays point guard when he's healthy. I mean, there's not really a lot of teams that need a point guard. Yeah. I think fully healthy, this team, you're going to unlock Brogdon more, just giving him like some shooters around him, Warren Levert in that starting rotation. So I'm not ready to, I think if you're going to make a move, you got to start with the centers first. Like you said, there's not a high demand for point guard. I think you start, with one of the centers first, throw in the pieces. And if a Brogdon deal comes down the way, because who knows it could, that's when you hop on that. But right now I would focus on the centers. Yeah. I mean, and I think one guy that I don't really want, I think Doug, if you are tanking Doug McDermott is he's probably our best actual piece to trade at the deadline. He's an expiring deal. He's only making 7 million. I yeah, mean, for a true. team that needs shooting the way he's played, I don't put I him just, on the nets. Put him anywhere. I mean, it, I, I, and even a guy like Jeremy Lamb, I think we keep him because he's only making ten mil over the next three years. I mean, ten mil a year, but I mean that's not a terrible contract. But our guys have a lot of, we have a lot of guys that could help other teams. But when you put so many of those guys on one team, you get what you get this year if that makes sense. And so I just, something's got to happen. You got to shuffle it, but I'm afraid that the Pritchard Pritchard is so status quo that he's not going to make any move. Like, I don't think this is, there's going to be a big shakeup. And I honestly, I think I said this a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago at this point, I think part of the issue is the fans are just like, we're like, okay with it. Like, Oh, we understand everyone's hurt. But we, but it's like I've been saying, we ran it back with a team that did not win a game. And I know we have Sabonis back, but we traded Oladipo. We got in Karis LeVert, who I, I love the deal. I'm not saying anything negative about it, but it's not exactly helping us right now. We might be out of the playoff lot by the time we were all the way healthy. I don't think we will be. I, we do have a, a tough schedule but i mean these teams just eat each other up i mean if anything we're only going to be two or three games out if but at the same time you never know you can't you can't rely on that so i think we all agree a a deal needs to be made we'll just see if he does it and and that's the that's the scary part i mean um are we closer for you guys just answer the question out loud are we closer to the first pick in the draft or winning a championship First pick in the draft. Okay. Cook, do you agree with that? And it doesn't mean, right in the middle. like we talked about last week, it doesn't mean you have to be the worst team in the league. You just got to be like bottom five, like in the right. contest to get that ball drop. Yes. So I think we're closer to that. I think really there's clo- only four or five teams who are in the conversation to win a championship every year. Yeah. So if I you're think- not in that four or five team conversation, I mean, I would say your best bet is to go for that first pick. Yeah, and I'm going to kind of transition this into the Kevin Pritchard talk here. Oh, but no. 
I listen, listen, we just need to have an honest conversation. That's all I'm asking for, because for some reason, people are like, well, Kevin Pritchard shouldn't lose his job. I mean, he's just uh, he's so good at this and he made all these trades and look who he's brought in. And uh, I'm going to push the pencil down my nose now. And it's just like, what? Like, why do we think this guy's so good? Because I'll be honest with you, he's had the first pick in the draft before and it didn't exactly work out very well. Like, I don't really even want the first round picks. We're to the point where we keep making these deals and I'm cool with it. Trade a first mid first round pick for a guy that can play because Pritchard can't draft. Take a look at Kevin Pritchard and what he's done since he's been a GM. It's honestly, I mean, it's honestly one of the ugliest, most pathetic things I've ever seen, ever. I mean, it's that it's that bad. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NBA is in full swing and college basketball heats up as the schools make their way towards madness. The tournament is coming and so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest as BetOnline is the spot to be for all your bracketology needs. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. In partnership with eBay, Armchair Media will be raffling off four custom-made sneakers. Each purchase you make before March 31st through ebay.com sneakers will enter you into a drawing for a free one pair of Air Force One load tops. Just send a screenshot of your purchase to at Armchair Media on Twitter or Instagram. Whether rare or dead stock, the latest release, everything you're looking for is on eBay. And they have the authenticity guarantee your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators it's free to sell sneakers on ebay that are over 100 dollars. don't miss out on this amazing opportunity get over to ebay.com sneakers today and sorry guys we had a little technical difficulty there but we're back to talking about how terrible kevin pritchard is at drafting so real quick um just to highlight this he's been a gm for several drafts so i'm going to go through these names super quick because they're that terrible Greg Oden, Josh McRoberts, Derek Byers, Torian Green, Demetrius Nichols, uh, uh, Brandon Rush, who might be his best draft pick ever, who he immediately traded, Joey Dorsey, Omer Asik, who he then traded like a night or two later for like two second round picks. I'm sorry, two years later, he never played a game for him. So Omer Asik, Mike Taylor. Okay, that was pretty sweet. Great draft. Mike Taylor. he traded three. He traded three picks in 2009 for Victor Claver. That was great. Um, who else did he get here? Uh, Elliot Williams, Armand Johnson, T.J. Leaf, E.K. Anabagu. Uh, who else did we got here? Uh, Aaron Holiday, Alize, uh, obviously Goga, uh, and Jarrell Brantley, who he immediately traded. And then, uh, yeah, that's uh, Cassius Stanley. That's his uh, draft class. He also drafted Dante Cunningham. I think Dante Cunningham was his best draft pick ever. Yeah. 
Probably. Yeah. You, could take, so, you could take the all-star of that lineup, and they would never make the playoffs any year the NBA has been around. Yeah, I mean, there this I mean, this guy's but one of his best draft picks. I think I had Greg Odin as a possibility, Dante Cunningham, and uh Brandon Rush. The real kicker is trading three picks for Victor Claver, who averaged 3.2 points per game in his NBA career. So to say that, oh, let's give him all the assets. No. He also gifted us. We also got Jarrett Jack, Josh McRoberts, and Brandon Rush for the corpse of Jared Bayless and Ike Diagu, who was one of the worst players the Pacers have ever had. So, I mean, he hasn't really even made great trades either. And what we what we all give him this pass for is we got Victor Oladipo and Demonis Sabonis, which at the end of the day, like we I don't know what Karis Levert's going to do, but the the best wing player he's ever he's ever received in a deal is Victor Oladipo. But in order to get Victor Oladipo, he had to trade Paul George, who's clearly better. So like he's not he he is never. Other than trading Paul George and getting Victor Oladipo, and then trading Victor Oladipo and getting Karis LeVert. But again, Paul George is better than all of them. He's never acquired a wing player worth a shit in today's modern NBA. That's what I'm trying to get people to understand. He is what about not TJ good. Ward. What'd you say? TJ Warren. Oh, yeah. Okay. TJ Warren. He's he's solid. Okay. But TJ Warren also is not going to, he's not a top three option on a team that's winning a championship we he he is not proven so so the pacers are in no man's land in the middle so we already don't have good picks and now we're trusting this guy who's never made a good pick to to hit on the picks so yeah he traded the first round pick for tj warren which i would do i think he traded for thad young which i would do but he's not good at drafting and he's not good at acquiring the one position that you actually need to win in the NBA. He's never done it. He, okay. He got you TJ Warren who at the time had never been to a playoff game and was basically given away by the Suns because they're idiots. Yeah. So I'm just saying like, and I actually, as a person and as I actually think Pritchard would be better off on obviously a better team being the GM where they draft late, and he can just make trades and push a team over the top, a team that already has the good players because he's just, he's just never done it. He's never built it. He took Greg Oden over Kevin Durant, which I get, I mean, at the time didn't seem crazy, but the fact is that trade or sorry, that decision got, got them Greg Oden, who is one of his best picks, who's also one of the biggest draft busts in the history of the NBA. So I guess what I'm saying is, and as I listened to you guys, and even W said, well, I'm not sure I'd get rid of Pritchard. Why? What's he, what's he bring to the table other than getting you middling guys on contracts that are, some of them are decent and some of them aren't. So what, what is it? What do you guys want this guy to do? I just don't think he can do it. I'm not even blaming Pritchard. Yeah, I would say going into this year, I don't think he's done anything to warrant losing his job. But now, at this point, I think his seat's definitely hot. I mean, after all the things you just said, just keeps compiling. I mean, the Goga pick is his worst pick, in my opinion, and that just keeps snowballing. 
if you look at his track record in Indianapolis drafting alone, it's it's just absolutely horrendous. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. I would TJ say, Leaf. TJ Leaf was the worst pick. Come on. I don't know, man. I, I'm starting to think Goga is. I'm sorry, but that's where my head's at right now. And it's it's the devil you know now. He's the one I'm most familiar with. TJ Leaf's been out of my head for a while, thank God. But I would say this year is the first year that this conversation is actually legit because I think the Sabonis and Oladipo trade bought him a lot of favor. And, you know, this Carousel Vert deal is going to make or break him, in my opinion. It might not be this year. I don't know how – we haven't had a GM move in a while, but that's just my thought process. I don't think regardless of what happens this year, he's going to get fired. I think it's going to be two bad years in a row yeah. for the next two years before that becomes a conversation. So even if the Pacers miss the playoffs this year, I don't f- – see that happening so I don't find it as a conversation point I understand I'm not saying Pritchard's perfect whatsoever um, I think he's done a good job in several different areas but also the drafting has been you know piss poor so I don't think he's on the hot seat this season but if the Pacers miss the playoffs or have another first round exit going into next year if they don't improve at all I think that could be you know the ending of him um, in Indiana the the only I I don't think I don't think he's ever had a team that's made that won a playoff game. Is that? Yeah, he it, has. Yeah, when we he, went to seven. Oh, with the, sorry, twenty-seven. What'd you say? Seven games with the Cavs. That's okay. Sorry, I apologize. I was looking at the Portland Trail Blazers, and then the last couple of years of this. Yeah. So yes, so the one year, but he inherited that roster, correct? Yeah. Okay, so well, that was a lot of roster change, though, on that roster. Other than Oladipo and Sabonis, yeah. Okay, I was going to say, he he had signed – he drafted TJ Leaf. He signed Edmund Sumner. He didn't give us much. He, he, dra- got, or he, he signed had, Collison and Bogdanovich. He had Bogdanovich, which is obviously a star, and then Collison, who didn't really give us what we needed down the stretch. He completely got outplayed in the playoffs. So – at the end of the day, I guess I, I don't really I don't know. I I I'm not sure a lot of these guys in the NBA that lose their jobs really do much to lose it. I think you can keep making excuses for guys. And I think you're right. I think ultimately Pritchard knee is gonna have to have two bad years in a row in order for us not to uh in order for us to get rid of him and fire him. I think the biggest issue I have with him is he t- and he tried to zig while everybody else was zagging, and he I just cannot get over the Turner and Sabonis thing. I just never will. Yeah, you I really just, can't. He really cannot I get really, over it. I can't get over it. I just don't understand. All you have to do is look in today's modern NBA, even all the way. I literally, I think it goes all the way back to the Spurs, and they had Duncan and robinson no one plays like that anymore it's just it it's uh, it's just unforgivable and now you can't move them because no one wants centers and so now the fans are going to get pissed because if we ever move either one of them we're not going to get much in return and they're going to say oh but miles turner blocks a lot of shots and he can shoot the three and he's only 24 well if he's so great why do we suck like i don't I don't understand. Like, I don't see what other people see because really on ball defending, he's not good. He's an eraser at the rim and he gets more attempts than anybody to block shots because the Pacers are so terrible against wings when they're, when they're defending wings. I mean, it's just, 
I just can't, I just can't get over it. And we're just not built the right way. No, and, don't, you uh, don't need to take your frustration out on the fans. I don't think the sentiment is as strong as maybe it once was for Miles Turner. I think after this year, people are starting to see that, yes, he's good on defense, but like you said, the two center, I mean, people aren't that stupid. They just like him because he's probably our best draft pick this decade. So that's why I think there's a little bit of attachment there, but I don't think, I think people will get over it pretty quick if we got something in return for him. I just think, uh, I just want to win. I just I do too. Win. I just, I don't care how it happens. I don't, if we got to play seven centers in our rotation to win, fine. I just think when you look, there's a reason why in every single league, they, there's, it's a copycat league. It's, I mean, everything that you do is, is copycatted. There's a reason you don't pay running backs big money because you don't win with big money contracts. There's a reason for a very long time, wide receivers with top five contracts contracts in the league never won a Super Bowl because those are positions where you can find other people. It's the same exact thing with sinners. It's the same exact thing. You find a rim protector, you pay him cheap money. And that's the way you win. You win with wings. You win with guys that can handle the ball. How many, how far do you have to go down? If I said, name me in clutch time, name me the players you want with the ball. How far do you have to go down before you get to Joel Embiid? 20, 25. Yet we have two of our best, like three players right now. Uh, maybe two of our best four players are sinners. And Sabonis has been taking threes and the fucking clutch because we have nobody else to do it. And it's because it's the way the team was built. Cook, I'd love to hear from you. I'm ranting and I got to stop. You can keep going, man. It's, I'm just – I'm taking a back seat on this. This is your show tonight. It, I don't want it to be my show. I just need somebody to explain to me how I'm supposed to be okay with this guy that can't draft – who built a roster around two centers and he cannot acquire talent at the wing position unless the team is giving away a player or, or you trade a perennial all-star. That's the only way he's ever acquired wing talent. When you got to have wings in the NBA, I just need to know why I'm okay with running it back when we couldn't win a playoff game last year. And we're under 500 in the 10 seed in the East this year. But I'm supposed to be okay with this guy. I wouldn't say it's running it back. I think the plan from the beginning was to trade Oladipo. There was no trade value for Oladipo either. And he waited until he, he played. People saw that he could actually play. And then he made a deal. It's not the same caliber player. But I think the plan all along was to have a different lineup at some point and move Oladipo. That's what that's what they said in the Indy Star, and, that, and that's what happened. So I don't think he's totally asleep at the wheel like that. And we'll see if it works. We still – have the second half of the season, Levert, it's not going to be a fix by any means. I mean, we're talking about the two centers is the biggest problem, but maybe it can open up more things. And if, you know, they make the playoffs, I, I don't think his seat's on, on fire at all. But if they miss the playoffs, like I said, I think he's got one more year to prove it, and we'll see what happens. If you miss the playoffs in this Eastern Conference. It's sad. It's sad if you do this year, for sure. I just, like – if, if Victor Oladipo had no trade value, then you, then you lost the trade, the Paul George trade. Yeah. Because you've traded for a center that you've traded for a center and you've traded for a guy with no trade value. 
How many no? times have you said the word sinner on this podcast? You think? I dude, and I'm gonna hammer it because people <laughs> just I I can't do it. I I just there are so many people with excuses. And then the people last time that I was doing the tweeting thing and Chris said I was a two out of 10 on the tweeting, whatever the guy, the people, there were like three people that tried to tell me Goga needs more time, more time for what he got outplayed by like freaking Tony Bradley in a freaking NBA game. Tony Bradley's wife doesn't even know he plays at the NBA. That's how bad he is. And fucking Goga didn't even look like he should be on the same court as Tony Bradley. For the record, I said I said your personal Twitter was a two out of ten. Well, my personal Twitter is a two out of ten because I talk about the Browns all the time. You guys don't care about the Browns. Fair, it's fine. I don't care, but I try to engage with fans. I'm trying to get people. I want people to understand that it's just more than the what we think. It's the perception around the league. We are clearly not good at basketball this year. The perception around the league is our guys have little to no value. Why? Because Hawk just said, we didn't want to run it back. We needed to make moves, but we didn't have guys with value. Sabonis has value, but what team that's competing is going to trade for Sabonis? Notice the teams I have dealing for these guys are not perennial playoff teams. The Magic, Dallas Mavericks, who they've obviously won recently but they i mean they're just not built around winning championships memphis oklahoma city these are not good teams these are teams that need to take a chance because they can't acquire talent either and what i'm telling you is we're worse off than we think and that's a fact a little note of positivity here cash stanley's about to be in slam dunk contest so are we going to circle back and record if he wins, or are we going to record regardless afterwards? I think say, we record regardless and get happy. It's up to you guys, but I say if he wins 100%. If not, I mean, the Sam Duck contest is probably going to suck, so we're not going to be able to talk about much other than that. So. Yeah, so let, let's let's circle back if he wins. We'll come back and record if, we, if he wins. If not, we'll just, you know, sweep it under the rug and act like it didn't happen. Sponus is the skills champ. Uh, challenge oh, champ, thank, thank God. Thank so God. we do we do have that <laughs> under our belt tonight. Um, Championships, so we'll see, baby. We'll That's see what the Stanley does. See how yeah. electric it. I mean, if he gets in like a face-off, you know, like Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine from a few years ago, and he loses, yeah, maybe we talk about that. Or even last year, it was Derek Jones Jr. and Aaron Gordon as well. So if it gets to like you know a a competitive dunk contest, maybe we get on and talk about it. Regardless, I doubt that's the case. Yeah. But if he get, if he does win, we'll get back on. We'll we'll talk about the results for sure. Uh, his his dunk contest championship. But other than that, I don't have much much here tonight. I'm I'm pretty pretty worn out, and you know, listening to that that negative bullshit. You know, going into my whoa Monday, whoa whoa, whoa. Going I don't think, I wouldn't call it bullshit. It's definitely negative, and some people can't handle negativity, especially online. But it's a dose of reality. I mean, Jake's going to give that to us. W's going to give that to us. We need the truth. And years past, we've won games and had a better record than we probably should have, and that kind of seemed to sweep everything under the rug. And then the playoffs come, and reality hits, and we're like, what the hell just happened? I thought we were a good team. So we need the truth, and this is definitely the truth, in my opinion. I have a question. need to be made done. I just have one question, and I just, I just came up with this off the top of my head. 
I think we need one of our players to sell their soul to the cabal. <laughs> Which one? Goga? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, He's got I'm the most kidding. to gain. Goga's got what the most to gain, so I think he should do it. I'm just kidding. I just want to tell everybody, even if you don't agree with what I'm saying or you're tired of the negativity, I love you all. I love the Indiana Pacers. I just want what's best for the team. And it's not visually pleasing. I'm not going to use the C word, but you can't play two of them at the same time. I'm sorry if one of them is your favorite player. I'm sorry if you think Pritchard's great. I just, I, I want to get it off my chest. I promise I'll try to be more positive in the future. But I think everyone just needs, like Hawk said, it does reality. I love you. Even if you don't love me, I love you. I especially love you, Dewan. I love you and all your retweets. If you, if you follow you Dewan on Twitter, you got to look at his latest uh, Twitter story post. It was pretty funny. I also, I also love the fact that he put himself between a seven and an eight in the ideal man body. <laughs> if, I don't know if you saw that tweet from earlier, but I, I respect the hell out of it. But I know we got to go because I want to watch the slam dunk competition. Hopefully we'll talk about a big cast of Stanley win. Um, I think that's huge. Um, this would be, again, the biggest win since Sabonis winning the skills competition, which is the biggest win probably since, you know, we won game six of the Eastern Conference first round a couple of years ago. That's big time. So. Yeah, and shout out Mike Conley. I mean, I grew up driving to Lawrence North games with my friends to watch him and Greg Oden. And even then, everyone thought, hey, Greg Oden was going to be the greatest player of all time. Mike Conley was kind of just, you know, his sidekick at that point. And now, what, 14th year, first all-star game, had a pretty good show at the three-point contest. And I feel like he always has just represented Indiana well, even though he's never played for us. You know, he's I just love Mike Conley, honestly. Chris can speak to this. I think we were like sophomores in high school. Uh, we went down to Clay Terrace when Clay Terrace was like a big deal. We saw Mike Conley Jr. I think we've told this story online on the podcast before, but we find Mike Conley Jr. walking around with Clay Terrace with a very attractive looking female. Um, of course, me and my autograph ways, I just, I was desperate for his autograph and Chris can act like he wasn't, but he wanted it too. And I think Evan was with us. He wanted his autograph. I think we ran into Staples. We literally bought white pieces of paper, just bought a ream of paper. <laughs> We're, one of us is following him. We're just one of us is following him. He's getting into his car. Mike Conley knows the whole time we're following him, even though we think we're being secret, secretive. And uh, we're standing at the street corner as he's pulling away. And he actually pulls his car over in the middle of Clay Terrace, signs our blank white pieces of paper. And for that, I will always love the man because he didn't have to do that. And it was yeah. awesome. He's great. I can attest to that. Great guy. All right. Well, we'll ending, ending on a positive note, guys. We all sure. love it. Let's just, let's just love the world. Just love each other. All right. Well, we'll be back if uh, Cassius wins dunk contest. If not, you guys have a great week. And uh, spread love and positivity in this world. We need it now more than ever. Peace out. Peace. Love you. Bye.